Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. This is the Find Your Form podcast, where we aim to seek out inspiring individuals with motivating stories in hopes that they can provide others with inspiration and motivation as well. I'm your host, Jake Wells, and this is episode four. My guest today currently has the women's record on the Tour Divide course. She recently finished second overall in the Silk Road Mountain Race in Kyrgyzstan, and she co-leads a girls initiative in Anchorage, Alaska. Please welcome Lael Wilcox. Okay. Lael, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for making the effort to get here. I yeah, know it absolutely. was not... in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> well, and initially you had said you were going to ride here I know. from Salida. And I was like, well, that's, I've done that ride one way. How um, was it on bike? It's not bad. Because it seemed kind of tight on the road. Yeah, but, but most it was folks so are pretty. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's worth it's worth the ride. Maybe next time. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, then I had too much going on, so I couldn't do the ride. I even mapped it out. I was like, all right, it's 100 miles. So even into a headwind, I could probably still at least make 10 miles an hour with stops. So I'm like, I'll leave at four and I'll get there by two. Yeah. I had a plan. <laughs> and then I couldn't do it because yeah. I had other things come up, but uh, it's there. I think I'll be back in this area at some point. Yeah, well, we should do it. We should. You let me know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, um, Jeff Kirkhove was here the other day, and um, he was saying, because your film, you've got a new film coming mm-hmm. out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's showing in Leadville. And so Tonight. he was trying mm-hmm. to put together a group of people to bike pack, do it overnight. Which would be pretty cool. Yeah. I love that idea. I think the snow kind of I know it, it's like what 20 degrees I think it's been 20 degrees all day in Leadville yeah and, and even driving over it's like we couldn't see anything snow on the road uh yeah it seemed a little sketchy but um love that idea biking to the to the film yeah uh but I think he will come tonight anyway so yeah he said he's going to be there yeah so super um we should maybe let him know that he doesn't need to pick you up. I did. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I wrote him. I was like, hey, just so you know, good. things change. He's like, thanks for the updates. Right. See you tonight. <laughs> yeah, great. Good, because I was like, oh, I meant to message him and I forgot. But um, So tell us you've, tell us about the film. What's, what's yeah, it called? Yeah, totally. So the film is called I Just Want to Ride, and it's a story about my 2019 race on the Tour Divide. Uh, Tour Divide is a 2,750-mile self-supported mountain bike race uh, through the Rockies from Canada to Mexico. I've actually raced it now three times. I have the women's record at 15 days, just under 11 hours. uh, And I really want to beat the men's record, which is 13 days, 22 hours, 51 minutes. All right. Uh, This year, a few things came up that kind of stopped me from doing that. One was weather. One was kind of a backlash about media. Uh, So if the weather's good next summer or next June, I'll attempt it again. Uh, I, I just, I can't give it up. This is, this is something I'm going after. So you're hooked. I am. Yeah. Yes. It was actually my first long distance race, uh, in 2015. I rode it with the group start then in June, I got really sick on the ride. Uh, I finished and actually that time broke the women's record by two days, but I was like, Oh, if I didn't get sick, I could be faster. And it just like kind of took me over. So then that August I went back and and rode the whole route again, mm-hmm. uh, taking my own record down by another day and a half. And then I left the route alone after that. I was really burned out. I was like, no more Tour Divide. Yeah. I've had it. I you know, rode like 5,500 miles of it in one summer. Um, but then this past year, I was like, all right, I'm going to go back again with the intention of making a video. And then also, I really want this record. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't get the record. Video will come out officially on November 20th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing some screenings around the country before then. And then... Kind of a rough out. cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's basically like the first version of the video. It's 25 minutes at this point. Final version will be more 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And so it'll kind of tell the story of, of my race, what people go through out there, and then kind of what we dealt with this year. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I saw the video. I went, um, mm-hmm. on Thursday, we did an event down in, um, in Louisville. And mm-hmm. so I got to see the rough cut. It was, it's impressive. Yeah. Really, what do you think? I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what the, what kind of, um, did it make you want to ride it? Oh, <laughs> it does. So it does make me want to ride it. I don't know if I want to ride all of it. Yeah. At one yeah. go. Like uh-huh. I think maybe yeah, I would do that's like, true. like just ride Colorado or right. something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I totally um, see that. 
but I know how those things are. And mm-hmm. I know like my tendencies are to, once I get bit by something like that, then it's, it's, it's all, all consuming. in, you know? So, yeah. um, sometimes I have to kind of keep things at arm's length mm-hmm. just to you don't maintain, get sucked in. like, <laughs> you know, relationships with significant other and those kind of with things. Family. Yeah. Right. So, um, I don't know. I'm looking at it. I, I have written sections Parts of it of already. It, yeah. Just some stuff that goes like from steamboat through, right. through our area, you know, like, which is so pretty. Yeah. It's I beautiful. I really like that stretch. Yeah. Just out of steamboat. So pretty. So I don't know, maybe eventually, Actually, but the, uh, the I mean, film itself is super motivating because it's it shows kind of some of the behind the scenes stuff right. like you some obviously the um the scenery's spectacular it's, yeah. it's a beautiful way to see that part of like the rocky mountains and, and all the way from canada to to new mexico but um but that's a commitment totally you know i mean another thing we're talking about with the cyclist menu is maybe taking a stretch of the route and guiding it which I think could be cool too. So it's like the stretch from Steamboat Springs to Salida or to Del Norte, breaking it up into manageable days and then mm-hmm. having it somewhat supported, but that way people could get the idea of what it's like to be out there. Sure. You know, in, in, uh, it's just some exposure to the route. Cause I do think like the whole thing seems intimidating, but once you get out there and start riding it, you're like, well, this is basically just gravel riding. It's right. just really long. Yeah. So how long would that be? Like, what, what would that section be? Yeah, like, if you did I, I need to from look at, Steamboat like, to the mileage, Del Norte or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, I mean, like, like I'd want to make it to something. be like a week long. Yeah, so like 500 miles, something right. like that. And I think that'd be cool. And then maybe for that, like finding destinations daily where people could just stay, you know, at a hotel or bed and breakfast and then go ride the next stretch. Right. Because uh, yeah. Colorado is, is uh, probably the nicest surfaces on the whole route. Yeah. So you could definitely ride a gravel bike. And then it's so beautiful, too. It's the highest elevation, probably also like the most frequent resupply, which is still like maybe once every 50 or 100 miles. You know, it's not a lot, but it yeah. makes it so you could actually get to towns. And the towns are so nice, too. It's like Steamboat. Breckenridge, Frisco, and then these tiny places like Como, Hartzell, right. Salida, Sargents, like these these towns that have like one little country shop. Sure. That's pretty cool. Well, I was riding um, just from here. I, I was just, there's this route that I go and do, and you go out by the Colorado River, and mm-hmm. then you go, um, I guess that would be more west towards Steamboat, mm-hmm. and then kind of loop back around. And... Um, yeah, so you're on this dirt road, and I didn't know it was like part of the course, but oh, yeah. um, but I run into this lady. So there's there's this one sign that you go by, and it says, you know, like no hunting. This is private property, but the road is open, right? You know, to through traffic. Uh-huh. Or and I, I've done it a couple times, and I've seen people hunting back there. Like it's a big like hunt elk mm-hmm. elk hunting camp. Um, you know, people get set up back there for for hunting and stuff. But it's amazing views of the Colorado River, and yeah, um, and it's just a, a really fun kind of gravel loop, dirt road totally. loop, you know? And so this lady stops me and, um, you know, she's just on like a, a quad or like a four wheeler or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, are you riding, are you riding from Canada? And I was going the wrong direction. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, and I had nothing on my bike. Yeah. I mean, I had like, I didn't have a backpack on. I just had like, you know, regular Jersey three, three pockets and like a saddlebag, you know? Yeah. It's like, obviously I'm not doing this thing from, you know, tip to tail. And so, um, she, we start talking and she's like, yeah, people come through, you know, and she's like, yeah. if you ever need anything, my house is right here. You know, there's water up there to oh, stop. So and, cool. and, and then in your film, you know, you really get a, a view or a, a picture of these people that, um, this race has affected, right. you know, like it comes through their town or, um, you know, their, their store is now on the map essentially because of this right. kind of race, you know? And I think it's really cool to see those kind of relationships that have um, that have happened all because of bikes, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and this kind of competitiveness that, um, or you know, whether it's competitive or not, it's it's a race that comes through. Um, totally. You know, Steve and I were talking earlier today about some of these um, like st- steel mill towns that right. have kind of like, you know dried up right like they've kind of gone away as far as the town and the unemployment level is such that um 
you know, the towns are, are really struggling. And so to see something like this, which maybe is like even helping a, a town thrive, you know, these right. little mountain towns that you wouldn't think of, but now they have this like influx. I mean, you see that yeah. in, in Poria, Kansas. Like that's where I've kind Absolutely. of seen it more of is because I've, I've done that race multiple well, and times. And then you think about that and you're like, well, why aren't there any big gravel events in Colorado? Yeah. I mean, there really aren't. And it's like, well, why is this happening in Kansas and Oklahoma? And right. there are tons of beautiful gravel roads here and amazing passes. It's yeah. like the, the loops you could come up with are like endless, right. I guess. And so it's like, hey, I'm just surprised it hasn't, happened yet yeah i mean well, I'm sure and we're starting to see it more that. and more yeah but i think that um you know you look at some of the gravel in kansas and uh one of my buddies is talking to me the other day about classifying the gravel you know like <laughs> almost like um like you would whitewater you yeah. know what i'm saying Yo, so yeah. he's like yeah kansas is kind of like class one class two gravel right it and gets that's what you have here a lot of like, uh, even in steamboat, like I did yeah. a, the steamboat, the SBT gravel this year. Oh yeah. And that was What's the distance of that? 140. Oh, that's a nice distance. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And the, and the roads are, the roads are fast, you know? Yeah, so it was a is... fast 140. Uh huh. And, um, but what he was kind of saying is like classifying the gravel here is more like class four or five, you know, it's pretty yeah. rocky. Some of the and, passes and are pretty rough. But like your tour divide bike is perfect for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your setup for that. Yeah. So basically for the tour divide, I always ride a mountain bike just because it's so long that even if like most of the roads are fairly smooth and you could ride a gravel bike, you always want a bigger tire. So the bike I have is drop bar bike, but with, I ran like a 2.1 inch tire in the front. Also like a hundred millimeter suspension fork. I have ridden it twice rigid, uh, but you just get so beat up over the time uh, mm-hmm. that by the end, it's like your hands are just beat, your feet are beat, like any contact points, it's just rough. Right. Um, so having that little bit of extra comfort really helps. I also use dynamo lighting. Um, what else? This year I had SRAM electronic shifting, which was sweet. Um, definitely hydraulic disc brakes, like anything to like kind of take pressure off of my hands, wrists, joints. I use that for sure. Um, I mean, it was still a really light bike, but very forgiving. And then it's fully kitted out with frame bag, seat pack, um, all that stuff, because I'm carrying all my own gear. Um, But I try to keep that minimal too. So the full weight was probably something around like 35 pounds with everything. Sure. I, I think, yeah. Do you, pretty light. do you want to know how much it weighs or do you not want to know that? Oh, uh, like, sure. Is that like in the back of your mind? I guess I weighed bikes before. So yeah. yeah, I mean like the bike I raced in Switzerland was like 16 kilo. You know, it's like I do sometimes weigh them, but then yeah. most of the time I'm like, well, whatever. It's like yeah, plus or minus five pounds, depending on how many sandwiches I'm carrying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, who cares, right. you know? it's, it's light. It's light enough. I I think more than weight. I'm like excited to get rid of bulk. Sure. Like bulky stuff on the bike. Cause it's just like, I just want it to be like slim and tight and that's it. Like if I can not have a front roll, I'm thrilled about that. Cause I don't have to look at it all the time. Cause I just like looking at all this. Cause like the, the front of the bike, I have aero bars on it. I have, uh, like a Wahoo GPS. I have dynamo lighting. Like I have all these like it's like a control center yeah. and it's like, you just, I don't want to feel like I'm flying a plane. It's like I'm riding a bike. So <laughs> all the stuff I can just throw, I'm just like, yes, I don't have to look at that anymore. You know, I just want to like look ahead sure. at the road right. and all this stuff, yeah. you know, cause you I mean, I'm carrying it for that race. It's like minimum of two weeks. I'm like, right. you know, you just get kind of sick of everything as nice as it is i'm just like ooh. it's yeah. like my sweat and blood is like all over this bike you know it's just ooh. so what do you for the sram um the wireless is do you bring extra batteries or is that yeah i, I brought two extras yeah. and then also i had the charger but i mean yeah. it's tiny and, and it's nice because the the batteries it's like really easy to switch out because it's just in the derailleur so it's like when they would die i could just switch it out really quickly and then i had like kind of a few things I was charging throughout the day. So I, I had to charge the Wahoo mm-hmm. roams and I had to charge the SRAM shifting and then my phone occasionally. So I would kind of like switch things out with the cache battery and then charge the battery from my dynamo light. So it was kind of a little bit extra management, um, yeah. but it worked. So you're able to charge it as the way the dynamo hub works is as you pedal, 
it charges the battery. Trickle charge. Right. The battery. The cash battery, like the power bank. Yeah. And then I charge everything else off of that. Off of that. Got right. it. Right. I think you could probably get tricky and wire it in, but. Hardwire it, yeah. Then, you know, I, I'm also like not good at that. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. You sure. know, to have more wires coming out of your bike. <laughs> Chances are good. It's not worth it. <laughs> more wires are usually not a good yeah. sign. Uh, yeah, but it was, it was really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe like all the, you know, technology I'm using and then the risks that that presents as well. Cause it's like, well, I guess any of these things could just die. Sure. You know, at some point in two weeks, but right. they didn't. So it worked. Yeah. Well, that's why you're out there testing it. For yeah, the rest I guess of us, so. <laughs> right? Like, oh, well, it worked for two weeks with Lael punishing good. it. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's like, this is pretty hardy stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine for us, like, you know, regular ones that are just doing the... Riding really fast for a day. <laughs> <laughs> right, for one day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. that's the idea. Yeah. Uh, but the shorter events are very attractive to me, like DKXL, one day. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, for me, that feels like such a mental relief. I'm like... I don't have to think about sleep. I don't have to carry any of this extra stuff. All I have to do is just ride my bike for a day and then I'm done. Yeah. Some of, yeah. some of us don't have to worry about sleep. Some of us do. <laughs> <laughs> I slept for like an hour. Yeah, I know, race. but. <laughs> well, it's funny though, cause I, people were coming through and they're like, just, just take a nap, man. You're going to be good. Cause in, in the film that I did, the un, mm-hmm. unknown country, you're in it. Like you come mm-hmm. through and it's funny cause it's like the darkest time for me. I know. You know, I was like, I was in pretty it got a little darker after that, oh, after I saw you, <laughs> but then, um, and you come through and you're just like bopping around just like, hey <laughs> and like my family was there and they're like, thanks so for being cool. here, yeah. you know, and then you just take off and, um, you know, hindsight looking at that, like, it's so inspiring to see that kind of, I mean, and that's just you, like I, you and yeah. I have known each other now for a couple years and yeah. we've got to spend some good time together riding and, um, and chatting and stuff. So, um, and that's just your, like that encompasses who you are in my mind, you know, like yeah. that's Lale, you know, it's just like always bubbly, always in a good mood and just happy to be on your bike, you yeah. know? And so for me to like see that, even though I was in a really bad place mm-hmm. and you know, like I knew I was going backward and people were, you know, yeah. going past me, like to see where you were. And like Jeff was in the same place What he was, Kirkhoff. he came came through in just really good spirits and he was yeah jeff is such a character but jake you have to realize like you were still smiling huge even if you were in a dark place mentally or like things weren't panning out like you thought they were you were still smiling super huge like yeah you looked like you were actually happy you yeah. know regardless of like what was actually going on and like yeah. obviously things weren't going as planned but like you still look good and your family was there and like it seemed like you weren't in a terrible place either. Right. But I was like, I really wanted you to win that race. (laughs) (laughs) I really did before the race. I was like, Jake, you're going to win this. Like you were so prepared and you had everything you needed. And I was like, I was just, I just really wanted you to win because I know you're totally capable of that. I mean, like myself, I was like, I've never raced anything this short. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen out there. Right. I mean, which is probably nice because I didn't have the pressure either. It's like, all right, I'll just see what I can do. Yeah. You know, it was like a training ride. Uh, yeah, yeah, just prep. Like, <laughs> yeah, to ride I was from... prep because I was like, all right, I'm riding Boulder to Emporia, 600 miles, race, take three days off, race DKXL. So I've got almost a thousand mile training block for the Tour Divide. That was like the intention. Right. But I mean, what a fun place to do it. You know, it's like with sure. all these other people around and like this big setup. You know, it's like yeah. my races, it's like maybe 150 people line up and then they're like, everybody go. And yeah. then that's it. You never see anybody. No, maybe like, like some crazy fans you. come out with like a little sign they made or like right. a thousand miles later, you know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff was so funny during DKXL. He was like, he, Cause you guys ended up riding quite a bit together. Yeah, right? we did. And he's just like cursing. And <laughs> 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 like he didn't seem like he was having fun at all. I was yeah. like, man, this guy hates this. And then like at the end, like big smile, you know, like yeah. it was just, I was like, man, I think he's really hating it out here. <laughs> yeah. I think this fight is how he copes with you I know, because I don't too. think that's, he's super sarcastic. Yeah. Like he's really, really dry. Sense of humor. Uh, but yeah, so that was, that was fun to have him around. Just like, I wish I had recorded the things he said. Oh, At one know. point he's like, I'm spinning triangles out here. <laughs> 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 like, 
declines are so steep. Like yeah. they hit us hard. The last 40 miles or so, it's just like, oh man, what yeah. is this? Right. You know? I was riding a lot with Nick Legan and mm-hmm. he knows that course quite oh, a bit. Yeah. He's done the event before, but he also has done a lot of training camps there. And so I didn't, I don't know if that was actually good to have that kind of intel and like, know, oh, like how, to know what's what coming. was coming up. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. But, um, yeah, I was, I think the thing that really dawned on me at that event was that, you know, as much as you can prepare physically and, and equipment wise, I felt like I was ready for all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for a lot of, as many of the unknowns as you could really prepare for, you know, weather and mechanicals and things. Right. Um, but I, I didn't know how my body was going to react or that it was going to react the way it did, you know? And I don't know how much of that was, was fueling or, um, if it was just lack of sleep or those kind of things. But I think there's at some point, there's no way to really simulate that. You know what I mean? Like you have to go through it. Yeah. Do you feel like for you, did you go through that kind of like totally. learning curve? I of- did because I did long rides totally solo before I ever considered racing. Like one summer, I just started going on all these long rides. Twenty fourteen, like yeah. the first one, I took the train to Seward, Alaska, and I rode my bike one hundred and twenty seven miles back. Yeah. Ne- never done anything like that. Then you know, a couple weeks later, I rode to Homer, which was two hundred and twenty four miles away, yeah. and I rode through a night. Got there the next day. Uh, I tried to like ask somebody at a gas station if I could sleep in there. I was so tired, but it was too cold to just like sleep on the ground. So I just kind of like drank coffee for an hour and then kept going. And I was like, all right, when the sun comes up, I'll just sleep on the side of the road. It'll be warm enough, which I did for like an hour. I get to Homer and then like the next day, and then I hitchhiked back to get home. And the next day, like my lit, my knees were like swollen double size. Like I was like, what did I do to my body? You know, cause it's like, I think your body has like this extreme reaction. It's like, what did you do to me? Right. You know, but then after you've done it once, then the next time it's like, oh yeah, we did this before. Sure. Everything's fine. Like right. the swelling didn't happen again. Like I think your body just whatever <laughs> training or abuse you put it through, it's like, it'll just react. Right? right. So I think it's the same with the long stuff. It's like, Maybe your body freaks out one time, but then the next time you do it, it's like not the same reaction. And you're right. like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you feel like after you've gone through that kind of that first night, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the rides that you were doing, that we, okay, I rode through the night. Right. Is it once you figure that out, is it like, okay, I could just endlessly tack on days after days as long as the, the fuel I mean, supply is there? Or is you it know, like multi-day, you definitely have to start getting like a strategy for sleep. Yeah. So like something like the tour divide, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to sleep four hours a night yeah. and I'll really do my best if I stick to that and don't cut it, mm-hmm. you know, cause then you'll end up having like hard afternoons if you only sleep like two and a half hours. Yeah. So four I found is good. But then like last spring I did I, a time trial on the Arizona trail uh, I did the first 300 miles cause the North part was covered in snow. So there are two distance distances for the race. It's 300 or 750. So I took on 300. The women's record on that is like 50 hours with no sleep. Wow. And it's set by this woman, Caitlin Boyle, who's like the A 24 beast. hour <laughs> she's amazing. mountain bike world champion. Like she's incredible. And yeah. I'm like, I'm first of all, not good at mountain biking. I'm like really not good at mountain biking, but I was like, I've got the time window to do this. It was like right after the cyclist menu, right before going to Alaska. I was like, I'm just going to see what I can do out there. But I knew to do it, I couldn't sleep. I was like, even to like attempt to get close to the record, I couldn't sleep. So I get this like massive mountain bike, stump jumper, 2.6 inch tires, like set it up. It's like a rolling couch, platform pedals, running shoes. I'm like, I'm going to be off the bike so much that I'm just going to like push it, ride when I can, get on and off. I didn't sleep for two nights in a row, first mm-hmm. time ever doing that, riding like really technical single track. Yeah. And then I finished like 57 minutes slower than her record. Oh. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I got that close? You know, I was like, I'm such like a, like a bad mountain biker. Like I, can't, I, I just can't ride trails well. I just, I started mountain biking when I was like 26. You know, it's mm-hmm. like not my thing. I'm working hard to get better, but yeah. you know, so I'm like, Oh, you can do a lot just by moving forward, you know, and like setting up your equipment. So it works for you. You right. know, it's like, 
nobody would look at that like as a race setup. Sure. Like it's a joke. But for me, it's like definitely my best setup because then I'm not like stressing about getting in and out of my pedals or like, especially when I'm sleep deprived. So right. I look at every race and I'm like, well, what's going to work for me, even if it's like kind of a weird solution. Mm-hmm. Like the race in Kyrgyzstan, I brought a spare pair of sandals for stream crossings. I think I was probably the only person that did that. Yeah, I saw those strapped to your bag. Yeah, and then we ended up like crossing streams at like 20 degrees, and I was so happy I had those because otherwise I would have just froze. You know. How long did it take you? Like you were taking your shoes and socks off between stream crossings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I had these pedals that were like flip flop, clipless, oh, yeah. and then platform. So then, like if I knew there were multiple crossings coming up, or I could them see on. them, I would just like pedal to the next one in the sandals, or I'd use the sandals for hike a bike like up passes. Yeah. Uh, which was good because like your feet get pretty beat up hiking in your cycling shoes anyway. So right. it worked, but it, it seemed like kind of a weird thing to do, but I was like, well, what I kind of sandals were they? They were like some kind of weird Italian. I bought them in, in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. They're, I think they were called lizard yeah. or something like that there. I think they're made for like rafting. Sure. But they had a back. <laughs> they're not like a slide where you just like, I just, they had a like, back. Yeah. They had <laughs> a back. They almost looked like, like, a like water shoes, yeah. like from the nineties. Sure. <laughs> they were good. You know, they, they ended up being good, but yeah, I'm always looking for like little tricks that are like going to make me feel good. I was visualizing like the ones you have on, like those Adidas <laughs> These, like, like locker like, room slides. sandals. Yeah. Like, for I had those for the tour. Yeah. yeah. When Rue and I were touring over there, I just used these for stream crossings. I think that's probably where I got the idea. Sure. I was like, I want some, first I was like, well, I'll get something like a Tiva. Mm-hmm. And then I saw these ones that had like a full, almost like a full shoe. And I was like, all right, that'll be good. Right. Like a croc or something. Basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny that you figured that out. I know. Yeah. And it's like a weird thing to do, but it, in the end it was good. You know, I'm like wearing down pants and these little sandals. <laughs> <laughs> in 20 degree water. But that's part of the fun though. It's like weird strategy. Like what right. are you going to do? Yeah. You know? So when you set the... Um, the record for the tour divide, right? So you did that outside of the event, outside of the race. I first did it in the race and then as a time trial. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you set the record the first time as part of the race, but that's record. when you got yeah, sick. That's when I got sick. So I was like, well, even if I was two days faster than the record, I think I could go way faster than that. Yeah. So I went back. Mm-hmm. But first you went back to Anchorage. I did. Yeah. I went back to Anchorage and then I like woke up in the night and I was like, I have to go back. And the first time I rode the race, I actually rode from Anchorage to the start. To Banff. To Banff. Took a week off, raced, finished, went back to Anchorage. And then within two weeks, I was like, I've got to go back to the start. So I, I rode back to the start again, that time incorporating a ferry to Bellingham, Washington. And then I rode from Bellingham to Banff and yeah. then took a week off and then raced again. Which was really fun. I mean, riding across Washington was, northern Washington was so beautiful. It's like, this is one of the most fun rides I've done, just touring. Yeah, it's spectacular. Yeah, through the Cascades. Did you tell anyone you were going other than like your... My family knew, and then I was all, I also was like, well, I just want, I don't even want to tell people. I want them to be like, be like, oh, surprise, she's back out there. Right. (laughs) Which was kind of funny. You know, it's like for people who are in the race, they like figured it out but then like then I finished I broke my own record but then it's almost like nobody even knew about it because I like had zero media I don't know I mean actually somebody from like a newspaper in Albuquerque went out to shoot me yeah that's about it I was on like the front page of their newspaper I think that's the only there's no one at at Antelope Wells when you got there actually my boyfriend at the time came yeah down and then some other really kind of crazy fan came too (laughs) so it was the three of us (laughs) (laughs) might be a little awkward (laughs) uh yeah that was it (laughs) he wasn't gonna come down either though my boyfriend and i was just like come on you gotta show up like what else am i gonna do just ride back right or have this like crazy fan pick me up i mean i don't know who knows how that could go So he did come down, which was good. It's it's always good to have somebody there. Yeah. I mean, you literally end at like a border station that's only open from like 11 to 4, and there's nothing there. There isn't even water there. Yeah. It's pretty bad. You're, You're like 50 miles point, from the next assume, right? town. And the yeah, next so then you got to either drive, fifty, ride another 50 miles. Back. 
yeah. or, or f- have a ride. Have a ride or like somebody picks you up or something, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's kind of a strange finish. It's very surreal. you like, well, it's so anticlimactic hard. almost. It is. You're like, oh, this is it. You right. know, that's it. Yeah. Like not even a town. <laughs> just a, a line. <laughs> not even a gas just a station. Gate. Yeah, just a gate. That's it. Right. And a sign. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. In the film, um, the guy that finishes in the film, is he the guy that won? He won this, this year's year? race. What's yeah. his name? Chris Seistrup. Okay. Really cool guy. He's yeah. actually also, uh, he has kids and he's a hemophiliac. Oh. Which is pretty crazy. So during his ride, he was raising money for, for I think, research for that. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's pretty wild. It's like he's doing this adventure ride. Like, if he has a serious fall, that's it. Yeah, you know, it's trouble. Like, trouble for sure so pretty cool great attitude we rode together for about an hour uh it was pretty fun well and um his family made him that little lego trophy (laughs) you know and i was just like i was watching that i was like man it was was like emotional for me i know to like keep it together you know and maybe that's being a dad or whatever but you know how much like little love those little i know. know and then being away from your family for you know 15 days yeah it's like that's tough yeah, well, you know, you go through these emotional roller coasters on these events, right. and um, yeah, I mean, you just even like I did Leadville this year for the oh, first yeah. time, so I've never How did done. It, go? it went great, super. Um, it went great, and I think as well as I really could have hoped. And even that, like just finishing that race, and it, right. I, I was I didn't win. I wasn't like it was just a hard day on the bike for me. But right. even that was like a little emotional, like coming up to the finish. You know, I think anytime you achieve something like that, yeah, you know, totally. And um, they're there. Yeah. And you're like, I, you push, push yourself to your limit. And right. then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, your, emo- your emotions are always kind of heightened in that situation. But then you think of something like the tour divide and it's like, you're doing that daily. Well, and I wonder if that's, if some of that is, um, part of the drive or part of the draw of it, you know? I think so for people, they want to experience that. They want to see like kind of where they go mentally, you know, and like to kind of ride that wave of highs and lows and like to come out the other side of it and realize like, well, it was a full experience, you know, it was intense, but it's like you, you kind of really learned yourself, I guess. Right. And like learn kind of what, where your mind goes at dark times or, you know, and then the more you do it, obviously kind of the easier it gets because you're like, well, I've been here before. If I go down that dark path, like that's actually not going to help me right. achieve what I want to achieve, whether that's finishing or whether that's riding faster. It's like any kind of negativity is going to actually take away from your experience. So you're like, well, maybe I just won't do that this time. Maybe I'll just realize kind of my current condition isn't the best, but like things will change because they always do. You always get better. Well, I think, and that's, that's true for life, right? right? Like, I think that, you know, now, especially we are in this time where, um, you know, depression and suicide and, um, mm-hmm. it's at an all time high. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I wonder about that. Like, is it because people aren't fully experiencing these emotions right? and know that emotions are okay to experience yeah. like it's okay to be sad it's okay to be right mad or angry and it's okay to feel happy and joy and mm-hmm. and I, I wonder about that you know like if um you know for me growing up you know you as a um you know as a boy like you feel like you're taught like it's not okay to cry it's not okay to express mm-hmm. your emotion you know um but i never was learned that like taught that from my or, uh, or shown that like my dad's super emotional. Like right. I remember seeing him cry, you know, it was not like this weird thing that, um, like, Oh my God, my dad's crying. You know, it was right. like, yeah, it's, he, he's in a state of happiness to a point that he's over, over powered with joy or right. in tears cool. or sadness. Right? right. Like it's okay to experience that. Right. And I think that we are in this place where it's, sometimes it's, it's not okay to feel those emotions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think that, is that something that you found uh, growing up in Anchorage, right? Right. Like what's the scene like there? Like, it, it, I mean, it's super urban actually. Yeah. Cause I grew up there and it's like, I played soccer and basketball. I went to regular, 
you know, high school or it's just like we weren't, I mean, we have like beautiful mountains around, but like you weren't necessarily encouraged to go out there. Yeah. I started like kind of exploring more really in high school where I was like, well, I could just hike up this mountain. It's right there. Like the access is close, but like I didn't really grow up in like an outdoorsy family. I mean, like we cross country skied, but that's like in on trails in town. Like uh, that's your way of transportation. <laughs> yeah, to go to yeah, the exactly. Store. They're like, yeah, they're like <laughs> multi-use trails. Right. So you like, you could ski or bike or walk those, you know, but you didn't like really go out. Explore. Right. And, but right. then like, I don't know, there's, if you grow up like around mountains, you're probably always going to get curious about going into them at some point. Yeah. So then I just kind of did it on my own as I got older. Um, I think that's cool though. I, I mean, the idea of people experiencing their emotions and I feel like, maybe the walls come down when they're like out of a civilized area. Sure. Cause then they can just be themselves, whoever they are out there. Right. Instead of like feeling pressures from other places. I yeah. don't know. It's an interesting thought. I, I guess I never really thought about that. Right. Yeah. You don't have, you know, people looking and people judging. Right. You know? or, yeah. And you're maybe outside of your comfort zone or your habits, your kind of right. daily habit. You're like somewhere mm-hmm. else where, Maybe your mind goes somewhere else to other thoughts or I feel like that's a lot of what I do on the bike though. It's like, I'm just processing things that have happened, Yeah, you know, which, which is good for me. It's like organizing, you know, it's like, I can just let my mind go and think about whatever and never really get bored. I don't know. What about you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like it's a good, like having something like uh, sport, you know, mm-hmm. that pushes you mm-hmm. out of your comfort zone, you know, and teaches you about winning and losing and, um, and teaches you about failure, mm-hmm. you know? And, I, um, I think that that's teaches humility, right? you know, like it, as a, as someone that's successful in a sport, it teaches humility to the people that didn't win. Mm-hmm. Right. And vice versa. Right. You know, and it yeah. gives you something to strive for, right. you know? So I think that, you know, we live in this culture that is a bit of a finisher metal culture, you know, like, Hey, yeah. everybody's a winner, you know? Well, it's like, well, at least they did something. I mean, sure. cause that's like the opposite. It's like people aren't active. Right. You know, it's like, well, yeah. But then maybe we're just trying to always make people, oh, we're Feel only better. encouraging, I guess. Right. I don't know if there's a limit to that. Well, I think that that's, even if you get a medal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you get a, a ribbon, like, okay, you've, you've completed the, whatever the 5k say, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, you didn't win. Right. Right. So it's not like you're tricking anyone, it, whether you're five, mm-hmm. you know, or you're 55, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you, so, but I think that for some reason it's, it's kind of frowned upon like to be competitive you know, and yeah. I think that that's one of the things that you and I talked about previously mm-hmm. that, um, you know, cause you look at, I, I looked at what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Like these events that you do and then, and you go and do these, you know, multiple week <laughs> endeavors, right? Like yeah. thousand miles, 2000 miles, 4,000 right. mile yeah. events. Right. And I think, well, so much of that is, is just like, okay, I'm just going to ride longer than right. everybody else, you right. know? And, but when they talk to you, there is actually a, a big competitiveness. Like yeah. you, it's a race oh, and, yeah. and you want to win. Yeah. So it's not just like, yeah, the, you know, the one that can just do this mundane thing, the longest is going to win. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because it's actually like, there are actually quite a few people that are like going after it. And that's what like brings the competition up. Right. It's like, everybody's like trying to d- find their own strategy or their own tricks or their own speed at different times to like actually try to win this stuff, even if it takes two weeks. Uh, but that's the exciting part for me. Cause it was like, well, if you're just out there, what's the point of racing? Sure. I mean, I do just enjoy like moving outside and like that yeah. on the daily, but I also like the element of, of race where it's like, you don't know who's going to win. Yeah, just starting you to don't finish. know what's going to come up along the way. Yeah, exactly. And then somebody does win at the end right. and I want that to be me, <laughs> <laughs> but if it's not, it's fine. But because like you can't predict the outcome, but you can, you can put your best into it. And I guess that, that keeps it exciting for me. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think competition is frowned on because it make people feel like too much pressure, but yeah. it doesn't feel like pressure to me. I'm like, well, if I don't win, so what? That's, that's what happened. Right. 
you know, it's like if, I guess my pressure is like if I didn't do my best, I'd feel pretty bad about it. Right. You know, because I know personally what that is. Mm-hmm. And that That's almost harder. I think I was like harder on myself as a kid because of that. Because mm-hmm. like then if, if I didn't do my best, then, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. Yeah. You so know? were you competitive growing up? Super. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I always played team sports. And then, you know, by like end of high school, I was like, oh my gosh, I could just do individual sports and race and then you just get a result and you're done. That's it. There's like no analyzing what happened out right. there. And that was like Blaming really teammates. liberating. <laughs> I was like, I can just race and then I see where I stack up and that's it. You know, it's right. very simple. Or you can like train on your own time, you know, or you can put whatever energy you want to into it and then you get your own outcome. And I was like, well, this is a lot easier. And then I, I just totally made the switch. I was like, all right, no more soccer. I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. I never thought it would be, you know, ultra endurance bike racing. Right. <laughs> I was a runner, you know, I mean, I ran like five, 10 K marathon after high school. I mean, yeah. that was kind of my, my thing. Yeah. So you got your kind of initial uh, mm-hmm. intro to endurance sports right. through running. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then I don't know, cycling, it was like a way for me to travel around the world. And then I got injured running and the bike's just so much more forgiving for your body. Yeah. It's like you, you can ride for two weeks right? and you can recover in like a week and you're fine. Running, it's like even a marathon. It's like I couldn't walk the next day. You know, it's like, it's so hard on your body, yeah. but I, I still love it. Do you still run? I do. Yeah. Uh, not as much as I used to, but I still, I still love it. Yeah, yeah, I've kind of gotten back into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've started doing more and more. Well, you did that runs. cool uh, the Land Run 100. Land Run, yeah. yeah. How was that? Oh, uh, that was cool. It was yeah. really cool. Is I mean, that, to me, that was completely out, like, out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? And that was kind of the theme. So it was 50k of, run and then 100 mile ride the next day. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel in the ride? Way better than I thought I would. Really? But well, I, w- I say way better than I thought I would. That was the trend. Like when I was when I was training for yeah. it. Yeah. I always felt better. I always tried to ride the next day after my long That's run. That's really smart. Yeah. And I was surprised at how le- how good my legs would feel. Mm-hmm. So, but even though I hadn't, even in training, I hadn't run, you know, 30 miles. That, the longest training That's... ride I did was like 23. But Damn, so to long. do 30 and like, you know, it was hard to walk after that. Like getting I back bet. to the, the yeah. Airbnb and like. Yeah. Um, but then I just, I knew that if I could just spin the legs out you know, I went for a little spin later that, that evening. evening after the run. That yeah. was smart too. And then, um, and then was actually felt good on like strong on the ride. I was no with kidding. the front group until like, you know, 12 miles to go or 15 miles to go. No something kidding. Like that. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it was funny cause a lot of the guys didn't know that, that I had you run, had run, you yeah, know? Oh my gosh. But well, what did you enjoy more, the run or the ride? Oh, for sure. The ride. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the run was, was great, but it was fine, but it's, it's long. It's but a 50 K it's four hours. Yeah. A 30 mile run sounds way harder than a hundred mile ride. Right. That's like, what I thought. You'd think they would make it like a 200 mile ride or right. something like that. At least like yeah. that's, I thought the same thing. It's like, yeah, the hundred mile ride is not going to be the problem. Piece of cake. Yeah. yeah. Compared. But, but I think for like come, some of the other guys that I was racing with, they were not on that same page. They're like, not they endurance. Were, cyclists yeah they more running background or more road background and they like not comfortable on the dirt yeah and you know those kind of things like for me like 100 miles on the gravels like you know that's pretty straightforward right but for some some guys it's not you know so um that's what i love about that event is that it adds just another element do you think you'll do it again well, I'm defending champions. So. Oh, so you have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You don't have to, but um, I've been invited to come back. So yeah, we'll see. you and should. And the thing about, honestly, the thing about that event, and it's, I think it's probably true with so many of these events that we, we both do, is it's not so much the, the event it's, or the, the challenge of the run ride. Mm-hmm. It's more the, the scene, you know? Like, I've heard that, especially like, for that land run, that it's yeah. really great community and um just like really so much good energy there yeah i mean I, bobby I, is like yeah. he's a special person he's you like know hugging like he, every single finisher yeah. was like bruises on his chest from yeah. hugging people you know yeah. it's like, i don't know if we put you two in a room it would be pretty <laughs> interesting explode. yeah because like <laughs> as much as as much positivity that radiates from both of you guys would be oh man um, i'd really special. like to go for that but i think it's during the 
Arizona gravel camps. Right. So yeah. And like that's last year when I, I kind of, exactly. I came yeah. to Patagonia and did that block with you guys. And then it was like two weeks. We yeah. finished that like two weeks Super. before land run, which was kind of ideal. Yeah. You know? That's really good. Yeah. It sounds really fun. Yeah. So maybe sometime. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things, right? I know. A lot of things to All that from. happened at the same time, yeah. you know, but I right. love the guiding down there. It's so fun. Yeah. In Patagonia. Yeah. Really good yeah. riding. Great people that come in and just for me, I'm like, my job is like riding my bike with people. This is unbelievable. Right. You know, it's so good. And so, you're doing the spirit world. That's their race. Yeah. Right? So the race is coming up November 9th, but it's kind of like a little mini gravel camp. Oh, like they're cool. doing like a, you know, a shakedown spin before mm -hmm. and like a couple meals, like a couple dinners and a breakfast. We're going to show the video there, the film and yep. Uh, like a recovery ride the next day. So there are all these little fun things happening. They're like creating a little farmer's market there. That's and, cool. Uh, so it should be like a whole weekend of events. I was wondering whenever they announced that, I was like, where is everybody going to stay? Yeah, there. I mean, there's like camping in town oh, and cool. then the, the hotel, I guess. Yeah. And then like whatever, you know, Airbnbs people can rent out. Yeah. Uh, Maybe so some of those miners will like offer up a bedroom in one of their that'd be good little mining yeah. camp trailers. <laughs> it's yeah, a beautiful so little town though. It really it's, is. It's yeah, amazing. The setting's really cool and yeah. great place to ride in the winter. You know, it's like where everywhere else is snowy. You can go down there and it's like seventies in the day. Right. Good roads. Yeah, and I, I mean, last year, the first year I went with you guys, it was um, you know, you're kind of with the group most of the time, you know, mm -hmm. they would break off and do kind of maybe some additional riding with folks like with you or with Ryan. Mm -hmm. Um, but then this year I had a day where we were kind of on our way back to town yeah. and I was like, I'm going to just do this extra climb. Yeah. And I did it by myself. Yeah. How and was that? It was, it was awesome. I mean, it's, yeah. you're out there by yourself it's and so it's quiet. so vast, Yeah. you know, and it, I don't know, there's just something about that area that was just like, it feels really special. special. Yeah. 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 You have like kind of this big wide open space where mm -hmm. you, you just feel small and there's really nobody around. Right. Huge views. I'm sure that's how it was in Kyrgyzstan, right? It was. Yeah. yeah it was really incredible like that, especially yeah. because there are hardly any trees there. So you can really see forever. Right. It's just like this moss everywhere or like yeah. short grass. Short grass. Yeah. Like green pastures, fresh water coming through, like massive rock faces, but then... You know, it's like just exposure. Yeah. Then you just watch the weather come in and you're like, oh God, <laughs> there's the storm. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so cool like that where you're just like alone. Mm -hmm. And then if you see like fresh water, you're like, oh, I'll probably see like a yurt camp pretty soon, mm -hmm. which would just be like one or two yurts and then, you know, a flock of sheep or So it's herders. Cows. Yeah, it's all herders. Yep. Uh, so they're still nomadic. And so they set up yurts in the summer. It would be either a yurt or like a old train car oh. like these old oh, soviet like train cars that they used for like yeah now they use as like a shelter hmm. but that's like basically all you'd see out there wow it's pretty cool uh, yeah lots lots of horses and they all ride horses they're incredible riders i mean just like riding up these rocky hillsides it's like wow they're definitely on the right vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right. like walking my bike. Right. In your sandals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at you like, what is she wearing? What is she doing? That's funny. Yeah, it was really cool. What a cool race. Uh, it was a thousand miles. Yeah. Which was, a, it took a, just about a week. Seven days. So that days. was kind of nice. Yeah, seven yeah. days. Um, and you finished second overall? Second overall. And we rode a day faster than the winner of the first year. Oh, wow. And it was a harder route. And tons of weather. Yeah, and tons like of snow, weather. It started snowing. Exactly. Like. So it was like definitely a more competitive field, mm -hmm. which like I'm always for. I'm like, let's. And then I always feel like because I'm a woman, like people always try harder. They really want to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> so then the times come down, you know, which yeah. which I think is, is a good thing. It's yeah. like everybody should be pushed. Right. You know, I feel like all racers think that too, though. They're like, every, sure. they want to put the pressure on, you know, so. That's pretty cool. We probably run into that just at gravel camp, right? Like people roll in and you're so non-assuming, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, but then, I mean, it's not about racing there, but it is about people challenging themselves. Sure. Because you're like, all right, this person should like work really hard today. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't have it easy because it's going to actually benefit them later. You know, right. it's like they want to train for dirty cancer. They want to do this or that. It's like, well, 
if they mentally, if they don't want to do it, it's, it's up to them. Right. They can like hang back, but usually they get like that kind of trigger where they're like, yeah, I'm going to keep up, you right. know? And yeah. so like this year, my whole job was just to ride with the fastest people every day, which was great training for me, mm-hmm. you know? And then some days I'd be like, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> like I better, I better stick Back with off. it, you yeah. know? <laughs> right. uh, but that was a cool role to fill. Uh, most days I, I had a couple of days where I'd like hang back. Uh, cause then, you know, usually like with people that aren't riding hard, they, they mostly just want to talk, yeah. which is a lot of just fun chat. too, yeah. like chit chatting and learning about their lives and stuff. I mean, we do plenty of that when we're, you know, having dinner and everything else, but you really get to know people on the bike because sure. there's nothing else around, right. which is pretty cool. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I hope you guys come back down. Yeah, we're hoping to put together a group. We've got, um, I've told Heidi and Xander that we've, we want the date. So we've got, Super. we've got some dates, okay. you know, plugged in. So I mean, the, it was the just week. like the weather today snowing. I was like, man, I bet everybody wants to go down to Southern Arizona now. Especially in February, you know, people yeah, are kind of totally. ready to get out of here by then. Yeah. So, um, one thing that, um, I was just an interesting story for you when we were watching the film on Thursday, I was there with my family. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think it may have been after the film, like during the Q and a, it must've mm-hmm. been cause uh, the lights were up. So, um, but you had said something about how you want people to get out and push themselves, right. you know, and, and try these kind of crazy events, these long days. And, um, and then hopefully, uh, you know, you're advocating, especially for, for women to write, to right. try these events. Cause they might, cause you kind of stumbled upon the fact that you became, you are really good at this. Right. And then, um, you know, and you said, hopefully some, you know, this, this women will come and race me and then they can beat me. Yeah, right? like, exactly. And so my daughter's seven or seventh grade. So yeah. she's 12. She's like, I'm right? gonna beat her. She's like, that's gonna it's true. And I was like, what? It totally is. Because that's, that's just surprising a little bit because she is one of those that loves, she's always up for it, always yeah. up to go ride, always up right. to go ski or go for a run or whatever. But she doesn't have that, like, I haven't seen it yet of that, like, drive to, yeah. like, be, to win or be competitive, you know? Right. And I don't, Linda, Linda and I, never, neither one of us really push that way. Right. But um, it was just interesting to hear. Like That's cool. Right. Well, and then maybe the thought of like doing it on her own, you know, right. it's like not just like training with a coach or, you yeah. know, being in this pack. It's like the, the idea of the freedom of being out there and then like you could push yourself just solo. I guess right. that's what like got me, you know. But right. then I'd love to see what your daughter can do. I know. It's, At that age a, too, it's like you could do anything. Right. You know, that's pretty cool. Well, so you're working with a group of seventh grade I, I Girls, am. Right? Yep. So this will be the fourth year of kind of a cycling mentorship program for girls, mm-hmm. but there it's like not focused on competition. So right. this is more, they start and they're like, you know, they, they know how to ride, but hardly. Sure. And then, so we start with just like a six or seven mile ride, which is like exhaust them. Um, and then by the end of the six week program, we ride from their school out of town, 60 miles we spent a couple nights out there in different cabins, wow. uh, which is so fun. I mean, it's Anchorage in May, so it's like almost peak daylight. It's like light until 11 at night. Oh, wow. So we have cool. all day to like ride, take our time, and then they still have like hours just to play like basically in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all from Anchorage? All from Anchorage. Are the so girls all from Anchorage? They are, okay. yeah. Um, and what's 12 it and 13 years old. Anchorage Grit. Grit. And then I've had a few friends like, because my idea was like, First, I was like, well, maybe we should grow the program. And then I was like, you know, actually people from different places could kind of set up their own and just kind of copy the style we've done. So I have a friend who set one up in Bellingham, Washington. A friend is setting one up in Tucson um, to kind of do the same thing in their own communities. Yeah. Uh, and it's we'll, we'll meet like two or three times a week just to ride and then also kind of exposure to different skills that could help for the final camp out. So it's like... They learn like basic maintenance, route finding, um, first aid, you know, packing for trips. Uh, This year I think we'll add in like camp cooking and they do mountain bike skills. Uh, So it's kind of like, well, not, they don't become experts, but they're like, oh, if I really love mountain biking, I could do more of that. If I really like became interested in mechanics, I could do more of that. It's more like when you're 12, you don't do any of these things. So, you know, it's like here, just try it out, see what you like. But 
the main thing is just writing. Yeah, and exposes them to this multifaceted thing right. of, of kind of outdoor. And, and they like learn Anchorage by the bike trails. Sure. And then at the end of the program, they get to keep their bikes. Oh, cool. And this is all from like a low-income school. So it's like these girls would never get bikes. Right. Um, I mean, most of them, they're from East Anchorage. They've never seen the water. Wow. It's like 10 or 15 miles across town. I mean, it's incredible. So then they get bikes and they ride to the water. Yeah. They ride to the coast and they're just like, their eyes just get huge. They're like, oh my gosh, that leads to the ocean. You know, and it's like, yeah, all on a bike path you can get here. So did you found this? I did. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I started in 2017. Uh, and it was just like my way of like, well, I wish I had something like this when I was 12. Sure. I didn't start riding until I was 20. You know, really. I mean, I knew how to ride, but I just didn't. So right. I'm like this, you know, it's just like another option. And these girls are like generally like not athletic, really. Uh, so a few of them are, and they just like take off. Uh, but mostly, it's just like just about getting them outside to do something. Mm-hmm. And then they realize, well, I can actually ride a bike, you know. And and some of them, like years later, they'll come back as student mentors. And then the the younger girls like really look up to them because they're like, wow, they're so capable. But it's like, well, they also started just riding five miles and totally dragged. Right. You know, so it's yeah. it's cool for them to see like the progression. Cool for me to see. I'm like, whoa. And they can relate. Yeah, exactly. The young, younger exactly. kids can relate. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've we've done three years. It's been great. And every year, I'm like, Oof, this is a lot of work. Maybe I won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but then by the end of the year, I'm like, I have to do it again. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so, so worth it. Yeah. Just to like see and like kind of follow follow up with them later. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. How can people learn more about that? Uh, there's a website, anchoragegrit.wordpress.com. Uh, actually, Rue's making a video that'll be out in December about last year's program. Um, so that's cool. Great. Yeah. And then how can people find out about the film when it comes out? It'll be on Pearl Zumi's YouTube channel. Um, I Just Want to Ride, and that'll be November 20th. Okay. And you're screening it kind of in the meantime. Exactly. Like the- so like the first version we're screening now, and then like the... You know, Rue's kind of final deadline for the full film is November 13th, and then the sponsors will have a week to kind of review it, and then it'll be up. So, Great. Well, yeah, so we're really excited whole... about that, and I'm excited for Rue to be done so we can ride together more. <laughs> yeah, so you can have some time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. You know, even doing these screenings and seeing the people come out, pretty exciting. People yeah. are getting pretty charged up to ride, so I like that. Well, I know the other day when we were doing the Q&A, and uh, after the film, it was it was really fun to watch you um, in your element, it seemed. You know, and, and I know when I first met you three years ago, like that wasn't oh, your... Oh, I like, hated s- public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I like avoided like I had it to pry all conversation costs. out of you I was even. like, no, no. And then I just had to, people just kept putting me up there and they're like, come on, just do it. Yeah. So finally I'm like, all right. Now yeah. I'm like doing this every week. I'm I'm okay. You know. Well, yeah, and it, it's it's providing something for you. It you know, is, that's yeah. pretty special. Yeah, totally. And it's like it's just it, it also like inspires me. Like I see people come out, and I see them get excited, or I hear a story about your daughter, and she's like, I could do that. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's cool to hear. You know, and it's like, and then I relate. I was like, I wish I knew about it when I was twelve. Right. You know. Yeah. But it it doesn't matter. You find your way later. Right. You know. Yeah. So as far as um, plans moving forward, oh, like yeah. you've got... I was actually just like making my 2020 plans in yeah. the car on the way over. Yeah. Uh, I'll do this race in Morocco in February, Good. 700 miles. And then right after that is uh, Arizona Gravel Camps. Actually, they, they pushed their camps back a week so I could do the race, oh. which was really cool. Uh, they must like you. Yeah, <laughs> I really like them. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and then the day after we finish camps is Anchorage Grit. So it's going to be really back-to-back. Yeah. And then that finishes May 17th. And then hopefully I'm racing the Tour Divide June 12th. And so I'll definitely do some kind of like ride to the start. Yeah, okay. You know, like not probably not Anchorage to Banff, but some, yeah. some version. I'm, I'm thinking maybe ride the route from Boulder North. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go through Boulder, but close enough. Yeah, yeah. Breckenridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to ride dirt up there would be cool. Sure. And then, oh, and then I have to go back to Alaska for a friend's wedding. So I did this project where I rode all the roads in Alaska, uh, but except for like Southeast Alaska in the islands. Yeah. So I want to complete that this summer. So I have like probably another, I don't know, 
800 miles. And I already rode like 4,500. So it's just like just the kind of icing on the cake, island riding, really right. beautiful, very different. So finish that up and, you know, maybe Rue will make a video about that. I'd love to see that. I knew you were telling oh, me about that ride. Such good riding. Um, so cool. And then yeah. we was like, well, aren't there any races in Alaska, you know, that you could participate in? I'm like, it just doesn't really exist. Yeah. There's I, nothing. There should be, but I there did just a bike. isn't. Yeah, the I did a bike. <laughs> That's exactly. About That's about it. Like, and there are great gravel roads. So I, I wish there was like some kind of cool gravel race because it'd really highlight the state. Yeah. Well, if so. only there was an ambassador or someone that could put that together. Yeah, exactly. I wish. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who loves them. <laughs> right. I know. And I was like, well, maybe I should just put up this route and see if people want to come race me. And I was like, don't add more work. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. That's it. There's only that's so the much thing. There's life. always these ideas, you know. Yeah. And maybe someday. It's all kinds of time. Yeah, exactly. Great. So how can people find you on social? Uh, just my name Great. on Instagram, Lael Wilcox. Great. It's probably the best. L-A-E-L for anybody. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, I know you got to run, and uh, but thank you for taking the time. Heck yeah. And Thanks for having me. I'm glad yeah, we could do this. This is really fun. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to do I it I can't again. wait to see what you're going to do, Jake. I know. I can't uh, wait either. I don't even know what's next. So... Um, but yeah, best of luck with the film Thank and you. the Morocco race. Oh yeah. And we'll I'll have to have you back cause I got to We got to get the, uh, the nutmeg story. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not too many people know about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you came back the second year and I was like, Oh my gosh, I told you about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, That's we got to leave people waiting for something. Right. So that'll be on the uh, next time you're on. Oh, that's so good. Great. All right, Thank thanks, you. Jake. Yeah.